Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hello, I, I think you said hello to me. I'm not really sure, but hello and good evening and all that stuff. I, I think I'm losing the internet connection. Pardon? I think I'm losing the internet. Okay. Charles. CJ, shut up, Charles. Take over. Okay, well, we are having a little bit of technical difficulties here at the beginning. Uh, CJ was really choppy, as you probably could have uh, uh, probably heard. It uh, was see if he can get those uh, worked out here. So I'm here until he's back. Um, but, well, the, as they say in bra- on Broadway and in Hollywood, the show must go on. So... Charles, where'd you go? Uh, this show is going to be very good. Hello? 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 Yeah. Okay, we're still here. This is the greatest oh. beginning to a show in the history of podcasts. 
or it's the worst. If you're listening along line and you are stop laughing at us, we're here and we're still going to keep going. Welcome to the show, Rudy. Welcome for your first ever show, What a Start. Uh, yeah, so we've got a new uh, panelist on tonight. It's Rudy, and now I've seen your name spelt so many times on Facebook and so on, and I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce it. Is it Lep or Lop or nope, I, I honestly it's Lep. can't. You got it, you, you got it right the first it is time, Lep. Lep. Okay, yeah, I wanted to make this. sure because yeah. I wasn't 100% positive. I thought that's what it was, yeah. but... Um, Good job. Okay, well, welcome to the show. It's your first ever show tonight. Rudy is from Winnipeg. He is a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan. We always seem to end up with one of those, but that's okay. (laughs) Welcome to the show as you get booed by Will. Thank you very much. I I like the booing. That was Booing is good. (laughs) That was CJ. Booing means you care. Sorry, it was it was okay. I wasn't sure who did that. Booing means means you care. Apparently, it does. Yes. Yeah. We then we care a lot on this show. So, um, <laughs> so let's see here. Well, welcome to the show, Rudy. It's your first voyage into the yeah. Let's Talk CFL world, or at least on the podcast form, it is. Yeah, for sure. And Thank welcome. you very much for having me. Yeah. Thank yep. you for having me. Um, you know what? I don't know if we're on the air right now. I'm just noticing because CJ, CJ told me to, um, uh, go onto the studio. I pulled the studio up and it's completely blank. There's no, yes, sort of. I have the panel up. We're going. It is working fine. I have all four people there. So okay, just making sure. I don't know. All right, because I brought the panel up and it's blank. It's just the day of my internet right now. I'm in this blinding snowstorm, and it may be not working well, as I'm going to be. This is what well, I want. Well, you've got to tell the snow to stop for a few hours so we can do this show, and then it can start again. Um, CJ, get up. CJ, get out of your truck and sit on the roof of your truck. That'll work. That'll make it work. And take and take some tin foil and stick it out of your nose. Okay, it'll work. I promise you. By the way, Will's here too. Let me say hello to him, as you've probably been able to notice. Good evening, Will. Hey. Good evening, Charles. I want Rudy to mm-hmm. tell us something about him. Rudy, I want to know how I can relate to you. So, how old are you? I'm uh, 50 years old. Oh, okay. And, so you're not old and you're not young. Okay, good. I'm yeah, back to good, being good, the good, youngest. Good. I'm back to being the youngest. Yes, I'm you are. I'm the baby yes, once again. Are. Time to celebrate. Yes, you are. You are the baby. I am once again the youngest on this show. All right. Okay. So there okay, we go. Then. We know how old Rudy is. So now I can relate to Rudy in some ways because were you born and raised in Winnipeg, Rudy? Yes, I was. Okay. 1971. So, so, yeah. Okay. I was, I was, yeah, okay. 1971. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> You're not as old as I am, but that's okay. So we we have lots of Winnipeg things to relate to. Relate to. There we go. I agree. 
And uh, okay. So. And where'd you go to? Uh, where'd you go to high school, Rudy? Where'd you go to high school? I went to Daniel. I went to Daniel McIntyre Collegiate. Where I get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Okay. Now he's my enemy. Okay. I've just decided <laughs> that. Okay. <laughs> I take it those schools don't like each other. I went to Gordon no. Bell, Rudy. So I went oh, to Gordon yeah. Bell, Rudy. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Down the. Um, that was 19, a bad school. Well, you were, you were too, you were too young. You were too young. 1977, we kicked their asses in the city final for the, the high school football uh, championship. So oh, okay. there you go. Just so All you know. Right. Yeah. Good. That was too young um, for you. So. Uh, yeah, there our you main go. rival, our main rival was Tech Rock uh, in the uh, late 80s. Yes. But they yes. had twenty five year olds. But they I, they had pros. They're like but they're like uh uh the uh what what's the team out of the Quebec Junior League and they had adults playing like twenty five year olds from their R yeah, well, program at Tech Box. <laughs> well it's a technical vocational <laughs> school, Rudy, so what yeah. do you, what do you expect, okay? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, now that we've done the history of Winnipeg High School football, yeah. Well, no, it was. It's even worse, Rudy, because I live, I lived in the Daniel Mack neighborhood, but I went to Gordon Bell. Okay. Uh, okay. I lived so in the West even End. More fun. Uh, yeah, me too. What what street did you live on growing up? Uh, Dominion Street. Oh, well, I lived up. Just be quiet, CJ. We're bonding here, CJ. Shut up. Anyway, is this bonding? I, I lived on, I lived on Garfield Street, Rudy. Oh, my grandma street. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's funny. Small world. Yes. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> now okay. that we've bored go everyone ahead, outside the city of Winnipeg, um, <laughs> yeah. let's move on. So we are going in. Uh, CJ's still having some uh, technical issues, but uh, I'm sure we'll get it worked out one way or the other. So it's time to move on won't. to the agenda. What's that? No, we won't. We won't? Okay, we won't. Anyways, moving on to the agenda, and we had the CFL Division Finals this past week. Yes, we did. Uh, the Eastern and Western Finals, and we started off the weekend, or on Sunday, I guess both games are Sunday. I like ha- kind of like having them bo- on both on one day, although a lot of people say they should be Saturday, not to compete with the NFL. I don't really care which day we have them. I'll watch them regardless. But Eastern Final, we had the... <laughs> oh, my God. The bar wasn't open yet. Sorry, for those of you who didn't get that, R2D2 said that the uh, the game started at 10 o'clock in the morning and the bar didn't open yet. So, so and that's true, especially out here in the West, uh, because the game starts at 10 o'clock. In the East, obviously, it was because uh, you know it's one o'clock there, but out here in the West. Uh, most bars aren't open at that time. But anyways, 
Well, you know what? I think some of them do open because they're open for NFL. So I don't know how many bars were showing the Eastern Final because I wasn't in any bars to watch it. I was watching it at home. But regardless, uh, we had Montreal against Toronto in the Eastern Final. And, uh, yeah, it was a interesting one. It was actually a close one all the way along. But it was the home team, the Toronto Argonauts, who, by the way, had a very good crowd, their best crowd in a few years, actually. Um, and they actually go on to win this one, uh, making up for the loss they had a year ago in the uh, Eastern Final when they got beat. Remember, they got beaten by Hamilton last week, and then a bunch of the fans started fighting them, or, or was it... Was it the fans fighting the Hamilton players or the Argos fans fighting Hamilton's? I don't remember. I just remember. It was, it, it was in Bingo Stadium, and the Hamilton fans went after the Argo players in the concourse level, and the Argo fans, the Argo players, the six-game suspension, and it was reduced to three. And there was no That's security. Right. Remember? The- yes, I remember. That's right. There wasn't any security, was there? No. No, there wasn't. That's a joke. Yep. Yeah, well, there was no, fight, no there was no um, fighting fans or anything this, uh, this year after the fight because most of the fans in Toronto were happy because the Argos go on to beat the Alouettes 34-27, to 27, and they punched their ticket to the Grey Cup um, for the first time. When was the last time they were? I think it was 2016 or 2017, the last time the Argos were in the Grey Cup. 2017. Uh, was it 2017? That's right. Was it? It yeah. was at home too, I believe. Yes. No, no. It was. Uh, I think it was in Ottawa. Was... That's right, because Toronto. That's right, because yeah. Ottawa played in the Grey yeah. Cup in Toronto. Then the next yeah. year, Toronto played in the Grey Cup in Ottawa. So yeah, yeah. but they win. Uh, they knock off the Alouettes. I know Will's happy because Danny Machocha lost because he hates Danny Machocha. So. Uh, a big win, though, for the Argos beating the Alouettes in front of a, a pretty decent crowd. It was actually a very entertaining game. So let's get Rudy started off with his first uh, for his first show. Let's let him go first. Rudy, did you watch this game? What did you think of it? What were your impressions? Yeah, I watched it. Um, you know what? Montreal's defense was was horrendous. Like that pass defense. I mean, you play 18 games in the CFL. And that's what you come out with in a playoff game. Like that's a joke. Like that can't you can't have that. Like that that mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and you can't you can't fault Harris. Uh, I mean, the Montreal offense did get things going and they put some points up, but I don't think it would have mattered what they would have done. Toronto would have answered with more points. So I, I think it was there was nothing they could have done. I thought uh, Toronto used Ouellette well, and then they sprinkled in Andrew Harris which could cause the Bombers some problems this week because Harris isn't going to carry the ball 20 times. If people think he's going to carry the ball 20 times this week, he's not. So I thought Tron did a good job of uh, a balanced offense. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, the uh, full mark for the victory for Toronto, but Montreal, uh, they've got, they got, they got to fix that defense because they're not going to do anything with that next year. Well, they've got a whole season to do it in. It, it would be yeah. different from the great cup and it fixed the keeps by Sunday. Uh, I'm not, you know what? I think the, uh, 
All right, Will. <laughs> what did you think of this game? I was going to say, what did I think of the game? Well, congratulations to Andrew Harris for recovering from his broken boob. Um, and and I and I was I was watching him and Andrew Harris, Andrew Harris and OJ Roulette or RJ Roulette, whatever his AJ. name is. And I think I think they both hang out at the same juice bar. To be honest with you, um, it was a it was a it was a pretty entertaining football game. Um, if you like scoring and if you like back and forth, and of course I've been saying for the last three years that that uh, oh my God, McLeod Bethel Thomas is a good quarterback, and he played pretty good on Sunday. He had lots of yards. Like Rudy said, the D-backs for, for Montreal weren't that great. But, hey, doesn't matter. They're still professional football players. Um, I, uh, I, think, I think Winnipeg might have some trouble with Toronto's offense, but they might not. It's, it's hard no. to say. So, Thompson's, Thompson's I mean, pretty slow. Like, if um, yeah, Toronto's O line does, it, he's it'll be over in the first quarter if, uh, if they don't protect him. So, but he still has a he still if he does get protection, he's got a pretty good arm in my mind. And uh, um, and if you and if you throw in if you throw in their running game, hey, you never know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I think Toronto deserved to win that game. And we knew it was going to be a toss-up this year. Who was going to win the East? And surprise, surprise, Montreal, or Toronto was the pick. Go ahead, Charles. My question in this one is, well, well, we'll talk about this game. We're going to talk about the Grey Cup a little bit later. So I'll talk about this game first because, um, yeah, I just – it was one of those games, and I kind of agree with Rudy there, that even though it was a relatively close game the whole way through, and it was only decided by the one score, you never really got the sense that uh, Montreal was going to overtake Toronto. Even though their lead wasn't insurmountable, they just, uh, it just had the feeling that no matter what Montreal was going to do, Toronto was going to be able to outgun them. It just seemed like that. Um, yeah, the, the Rudy's bang on about Montreal's passing defense. They were absolutely terrible in this game. Uh, they didn't uh, – I thought they should have used William Stanback more. He had 12 carries for 84 yards. That's a seven-yard average. If you've got a running back that's getting you seven yards every time he carries them, you've got to give him the ball more than 12 times. And I know they were coming from behind, and a lot of times when you're behind, teams don't tend to run as much. But getting seven yards per play is a pretty um, pretty decent haul in that uh, there. So I think you got to give that guy more more uh, passing yards. I like seeing Tyson Philpott. He was actually the leading receiver for Montreal in this game, 127 yards and a touchdown. But it was just uh, Toronto was just uh, full on the best te- better team in this game. You could tell that right from the very beginning. Montreal tried to make it close, but like I said, I never got the sense that Montreal was going to come back and overtake Toronto for the lead. I had pretty much thought 
pretty much all along that Toronto had this one game in that game in hand, and they did. They just uh, kind of sailed, no pun intended, uh, to the victory there at home. So good for them. Uh, yeah, so we'll try and go to CJ now and see if uh, if he's got his uh, any issues worked out, and we'll see if we can understand him. CJ, what do you think about this game? Well, I got no issues here. Everything seems to be fine. So if you can't hear me, am I working? Is it coming through or is it terrible? It's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. It's not quite as choppy. Okay, well, then I'll stick around. As long as I was just Rudy, I think we spoke to Yeah, I think so. Okay, so there's no point in doing this, right? Yeah, I know it's bad again. It was good there for a few minutes, and then it got choppy again. Yeah. Good night. Why don't you try hanging up and calling in again? Yeah, I was just going to suggest that. I can do that. I don't know. He's not talking at the moment. Oh, let's maybe move on, and then you can rejoin us. We'll move on. We'll see, uh, we we'll might see if we can bring him, him back. Okay. Why? I just told him he couldn't hear him. Oh, wait. He's calling there back in. We'll wait. We'll just let's see if he gets answers. Answer the phone, CJ. Yeah, normally you got to answer it when you're calling yourself. Is he calling us? Hello? H1. The client you're trying to reach is not a... Apparently not. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to think that Rudy is bad luck already. Holy shit. Yeah, or anything. What have I gotten myself into? <laughs> it usually doesn't... It's usually not like this, Rudy, just so you know. It usually goes <laughs> off fine. without a hitch. <laughs> All right. Does. Well, I think we've I'll gone take... through the... Uh... Sorry, go on. Um, go ahead, Rudy. Go ahead, Rudy. What's that? Sorry, West Final. Wait, well, I think CJ's back. Can you hear me? No. Kind of. No, don't say that, Charles, or he'll start talking again. Fair enough. This is horrible. Yeah, we can't even make out what you're saying. Uh, anyways, well, I'll proceed here while CJ continues to work on his on his um, audio issues. I'm trying to pull up here the last week's scores from our predictions here. Uh, where am I going to find that? I think I'm going to find. It. I think I got to go to this one and find it here. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we are. Okay. CJ so left. last week yeah, in the Eastern the Final, did he leave? Yeah. What? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, he's gone. Okay. Yeah. So it was Montreal or Toronto 34, Montreal 27. That's 61 points. 
yours truly picked Montreal. I got that wrong. I got 14 points for my score pick. Will, you also picked Montreal. You're wrong as well. You got uh, eight points for your score pick. CJ picked Toronto, 42 points. So he gets 100 points plus the 19, so he's one for two. And the other Winnipeg, Rudy, who was on with us last week, he picked Toronto with 54 points. He got uh, 100 for the win plus seven. So, yeah, so he gets 107, but CJ wins that game with 119 points. Now, on to the Western Final. Can't we just skip this game and just pretend it didn't happen? Right, I'd be appreciative if we didn't. I really don't want to. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I really no, don't want to relive I, I this. I want to talk about this game because CJ can't reply to me. <laughs> I can. Yeah, you don't matter. Oh, thanks. You, you weren't. That as, was a nice thing no, to no, say. You weren't. No, no, you weren't as big of a mouth as he was, okay? so Well, okay, so. yeah, you got kind of got that there. All right, so, yeah, yes. so the Western Final at, uh, what's it called, IGF Field in Winnipeg. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers knock off my BC Lions 28-20 to 20, uh, uh, on the frozen tundra of IGF Field. I mean, I don't really throw them, but there was snow on the ground. It looked pretty cold there. Uh, I was glad I was warm watching it in my living room. But, yeah, the Bombers a win again. They're going back to the Grey Cup for the third straight uh, Grey Cup in a row. Lions got closer. They got within a score, but they ran out of time. Probably the second half of the, of the fourth quarter was the best their offense looked their entire game. But, um Unfortunately, it took that long to actually wake up, but the Bombers win, and let's face it, their defense was absolutely dominating. They were fantastic in this game, and they gave Nathan Rourke and the Lions offense all sorts of fits in this game. Rudy, you're the resident Bomber fan. What did you think your team's victory on uh, on Sunday? Yeah, we were there. I mean, I think BC's lucky it didn't get out of hand in the first quarter. If not for uh, the, that strange rule on the block punt, I mean, it's 14 nothing, or who knows, probably 12 nothing because our, our field goal kicker doesn't make doesn't believe in making converts. So, but I mean, we uh, we go up there, and I mean, then you're starting back. You're not going to have the field, and if we avoided the block, or then we fumbled the punt. So it went like yep. from bad to worse. And then I knew we'd be in for a bit of a, it wouldn't be a blowout, but I wasn't worried because our defense is playing so well. And mm-hmm. the uh, BC's run game was, was they didn't even, after about six or seven uh, handoffs. What run game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, last week, I listened to last week's show and CJ was telling us that Walter Payton was uh, your running back in BC. But uh, um uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't do very well against us last week, and also I didn't like uh, BC. I don't think they took the noise into account. They they were they looked confused at the line a few times, and they were rattled. Yep. And, yep. You could t- and it was. I mean, I don't know where they thought they were coming to, but like Winnipeg's loud. It is loud, loud. It's not like going into even you come in Winnipeg in July. 
26,000, 27,000. It's loud, but it's not like that. That's, that's a different level loud. I was there and it was, and the fans are smart. They know when to get loud and really loud. I mean, everybody, we were standing there and our section didn't sit down for the entire game. So it was, uh, the fans are fired up. They can smell another great cup. So, I mean, BC, honestly, they, they hung tough though. Hey, it was 28, 20. They had a, they had a crack at the end. Um, I think you thank our kicker for that. I mean, I've never seen a, mm-hmm. a, a, that two point, a run back on a convert for two points in a playoff game. But, I mean, first he's going to have to buckle down on the Grey Cup game because he it could come down to him. And, I mean, a missed yeah, convert. Yeah, I was going to say, just hope it doesn't come down to a convert. I won't watch. you guys might have some problems there. Well, even if we're – I don't know what we do. Even if we're up one, I don't think I'd kick the convert. Just kneel down. Go for two. Or go for two. Yeah, yeah go for two. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think if BC can get themselves a quarterback, if Brooke doesn't come back, I think if they keep building, they'll they'll be there again next year. Yep. All right, let's go to Will. What were your thoughts on this game, Will? Well, you know what? I, I the first quarter was kind of even in my mind, okay, and uh, um. BC looked okay. Winnipeg made some mistakes. Um, I, I, I once again, Nathan Rourke, regardless of what you say, was not a hundred percent. Okay, not even close in my mind. Clearly not. Um, but I was. I watched most of the game with my brother online, and about the middle of the second quarter, okay, me and my big brother are both offensive linemen and we both said why don't these guys just start running the fucking football and that's what that's what Winnipeg did and I think they took the game over once they started running the ball yeah, and there was no answer there. Mm-hmm. there there was no answer to the run game and Zach Kolaris I mean Zach Kolaris didn't look special at all but they ran the ball, and I mean, no. that's the the easiest or the shortest distance from point A to point B is straight ahead, and that's what they did. Yep. And well, Larris didn't I, even I, hit two hundred yards passing. Well, he didn't need no, to because they run the football the, so much. Exactly. No, I think the game was uh, was a lot closer than it appeared. Like the score was closer than it actually was. And as far as yeah. the noise in the stadium. It really cost the BC at the end of the game, and they wasted about, I'm going to say, 30 seconds on that well, at least final I think it was drive. More than that. Yeah. yeah, there was yeah. a lot of time that they wasted because they, they weren't used to the noise, like Rudy was saying. Yeah, and they were I, trying to call plays, and they I've couldn't never, hear each other. No, and I've never seen I've never seen a team do that, to be honest with you. They were... It, it, I don't know if they didn't practice for that. I can't believe I, I they some, wouldn't. I heard somebody. I heard somebody say they didn't. Really? I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not sure if it was That's a comment crazy. or after the game. They someone said, "Yeah, we should have probably um, taken into account the, the noise." Um, That's crazy. So. And really? the other thing, I know, is, and, what, and a lot of people were talking about Winnipeg's defense um, for the. Like, the last half of the season and people are, well, they're not as good as they look. Well, you know what? We pretty much had first place kind of locked up. 
So you're not going to see. There's a lot of vanilla games where we just throw out vanilla defense. You know what? Didn't show teams much. But if you look late in that D.C. game, Winnipeg came up with two sacks out of nowhere that, that Rourke never seen coming. And that's, that's Mike O'Shea drawing that up. So that's what, mm-hmm. like, Toronto next week, Toronto better be ready because they're not, you're not going to get that defense that they played uh, Toronto in, I think it was July, and it was a one-point win for Winnipeg. So, yeah, it's going to be a different uh, ball of wax on Sunday for sure. Yeah, so, and that's the other thing I didn't talk about. You know what? I don't like to say this, but Winnipeg's defense was amazing. So they were pretty yeah. freaking good. So but that was the, you know, that so was the big part of the win. So. Yeah. But every week it changes, though. I mean, look at the stats in 2017. They, they had the best team in the league. And then somehow – Toronto hung around Rudy, until late in the Rudy. game and got a, got a break. Rudy, Rudy, <laughs> yeah. Rudy, it's still it's still too early, Rudy. It's too <laughs> early, Rudy. Okay. Too uh, early, Rudy. Can we talk about the '94 BC? Because because in and in reality, Rudy, in reality, there should have been there should have been a three-win Calgary dynasty starting in 2016. And it didn't I, fucking happen. I agree. Okay? I agree a thousand percent. You know what? I got agree. one great cup out of it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's... Anyways, whatever. Well, okay, and I, and I tend to wonder, <laughs> and you know what? And I tend to wonder, since watching the West semifinal, I tend to wonder if those three games were Dave Dickinson's fault. Well, 16 was. 16, 17... 16 and 17. So. Well, but, 2000, but 2016, Dickinson has the ball at the two-yard line, and he pulls out Bo Levi Mitchell and, and Messam and goes to the, a slow Canadian quarterback to run a play that Otto knew was coming. That would have been the yeah, go-ahead touchdown. It would have been didn't over. he went to, like, the Michael O'Connor or whatever and just have him run he, the yeah. ball? And, and he, he tried got to do a, stopped it. Like, no, it, 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 was, it was a line? sweet play. What? The sweet it play. wasn't Michael O'Connor. It no, was, it, it wasn't was, um, Michael O'Connor, but it was uh, Andrew Buckley. Yeah, That's Andrew who it was. Buckley. Canadian Andrew backup. Buckley. Yeah. yeah, I got those confused. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and and he he tripped over the hash mark, if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, Nobody uh, touched him. No, he just fell down. No, uh, no. The Ottawa That's guy right. was. The, I think the Ottawa guy was there. He was. They, they knew the play was coming, so they they were already up on the line. He had nowhere to go, if I remember correctly. Yeah. They, they they said they ran that same play earlier in the game, and they got the same look again. So I don't know what Dickinson's trying to do there, but Jesus! Once again, <sighs> Dickinson tries to Dickinson tries to outsmart people. That's what he tries to do. Yeah. And yeah. once again, coach, but... once again, once again, when you have a two hundred and forty pound running back, you run the fucking ball straight ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. Or a hall or a hall of fame quarterback that could have pulled the ball out and made a throw. If if that was going to go well, you know. Well, right. I yeah. made the comment well, on Sunday. Coulda, yeah. I made the comment on Sunday that I thought that Winnipeg did to the Lions what many people thought Calgary was going to do to the Lions the week before. And just yeah. keep running the ball up the middle and wearing wearing the defense down because by the second half, the Lions' defense had been on the field already so much, 
And just the way the Bombers ran the ball with Brady Oliveira was just wearing them down. And they it was clear because they were running and gaining at minimum seven, eight yards every time. Yeah. And they were just getting worn right out because the Lions' offense did not have a lot of uh, extended drives, especially in the first half. That just It was a, actually very smart offensive planning because it just wore that defense down completely. And yeah, they just it, couldn't it over, answer yeah. the run. Where this game yeah. really uh, – there were two areas where this game was won. A, of course, the running game. When, when the Lions' leading rusher was Nathan Rourke, a guy, a guy playing on one leg, and he's your leading rusher with 20 yards, you didn't run the ball enough. But then again, any time they tried to run the ball and give it to James Butler, there was this giant blue wall standing in front yeah. of him that he wasn't about to run through. That's the problem. They weren't running it because they knew they probably couldn't. The other place for this, uh, this game was one I thought was on special teams. And Janarian Grant had the goat horns early in this game with the fumble that led to BC's first touchdown. Uh, but he more than made up to it with a big punt return uh, touchdown uh, later in the game. Janarian Grant had a return touchdown in every game against, well, I guess except for that last game, which was a mean-nothing game at the end of the year. But in the two games that BC plays, he had return touchdowns in both of those games. So he had three return touchdowns against uh, the Lions this year. So he torched them, really, uh, on special yeah. teams. And that really uh, that really turned the game because the Lions had nothing yeah. on, on returns. Yeah. And, that, that and honestly, Charles, honestly, Charles, I think one of BC's big weaknesses this year was special teams. Oh, 100%. On both sides, they were, not, they were yeah. terrible in coverage. And they hardly had yeah. any big returns. And then, of course, we right. get a big return and we get a whole two freaking points out of it. Big deal. Yep. Yeah, but you're right. You're right about that. Well, that was the that was the Achilles' heel for the Lions, really, right from day one this year. They were great on offense. Obviously, they were much better on defense, but the special teams just sucked. They couldn't get anything yep. going, and that that hampered them. And it yeah. certainly did in this game because their coverage yeah. was terrible, and they, and they couldn't get much. any run. And when you're not getting, you're, when your special team isn't getting you field position, and you're and you uh, are playing on longer fields, it makes it that much more difficult for your offense. Although, although a yes. Mike O'Shea team, a Mike O'Shea team is uh, special teams is their like that's the honestly their bread and butter. But if you watch Winnipeg, there's no mistakes on their kick coverage. Everybody's in their lane, and there's not there's not much room. It's uh, nope. it's tough That's sliding true. for the for the, the, yep. kicking, the kick return team. And of course, Antonio Pipkin picks this game of all games to not make it on a third and short, which he had done consistently all year. And then this year, he gets there on a third and short, and he gets stopped. But you know the bombers do that. But again, that's that offensive line. What? Well, bombers 2019, they they stopped Hamilton twice in the Grey Cup game on third and inches, Mm -hmm. which is usually a gimme in the uh, a gimme in the CFL. But yeah, you do. I mean, at split field too, it's a little bit different. I think too, right? When when the field's a little bit snowy and icy, you don't might have the you might not have that extra push to uh, get that extra half yard for the first down. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, there was a frustrating. That was a frustrating game to be a Lions fan, though, to sit there watching that. And I kept hoping and expecting that the Lions were going to uh, their offense would turn around and start uh, getting it in gear, and they really didn't. It just that Winnipeg defense was so good on Sunday, and I'm going to give them all the credit because they were absolutely fantastic on Sunday. I don't think any team in the CFL is beating them when they're playing like that. And uh, I think Toronto's in for a long day. We'll get to that in a few minutes. So the final score, twenty-eight, Winnipeg 28, BC 20. So Winnipeg wins the West and advances to the Grey Cup again. Oh, by the way, for the person on Facebook that said they weren't going to watch the CFL next year because the Bombers keep winning, <laughs> Are they supposed to lose so you'll watch? I mean, that was such a stupid comment. If your team can't beat the Bombers, get your team to be better. Yeah. yeah. Have, 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 have high expectations. Like, just like, God, since, we're, since, we're on, since we're on stupid things on Facebook, we all saw, I know Rudy saw the post, about the guy who was arguing that when BC ran the ball back after the missed convert, they should have got six points, or they did get six <laughs> points. Yeah. Oh, no. No, he said five. He said they five got five points. points. Has that guy ever, yeah. watched a, has he ever watched a football game in his life? As a Lions fan, like, I didn't comment was, on that because I did not want to be associated with that guy. And he was arguing know. with people. He was arguing yeah. with people, and it's like, Wow, we actually. This is literally a black and white rule book. No, he, black we and white the rule book. This is his, not up his, for debate. No, no. His argument was that he didn't see when he was there in the stands. He said the the uh, score went from eight to thirteen, so he was right. So he just based that on his own, like maybe having like his fourteenth beer and. And he just assumed that his own his own put... lack of knowledge of <laughs> his own lack of knowledge of football. Maybe that's what it was. I think maybe a few things uh, there. Oh boy, like, might be a Crazy. long list. Okay, yeah. But Winnipeg wins twenty-eight to twenty and advances to the Grey Cup. Let me just pull up our score predictions from last week. But why would I? Because I know I got it wrong, but whatever. Um, uh, that's what I get for being a homer, I guess. Common Sense probably told me to take the Bombers, but I rarely listen to Common Sense. Although picking the Lions uh, worked out well for me more times than not this year. So hopefully that continues the next year, but we'll see what happens. All right, uh, where are our scores? I just had them up. Here they are. Okay, so once again, yours truly picked the Lions and 45 points, uh, so I got it wrong. Uh, I got three points for my score here. So, Sorry, I got 36 points total for my picking my score. Um, it's funny. Last week in the semifinals, two for two. This week in the division finals, all for two. So from one extreme to the other. Will, you also picked the Lions to win. And you said 68 points. Wasn't quite close to that. So, 
you were 20 over. You got two points. CJ also picked the Lions. He said 60 points. He was 12 over. He gets 18 points. And other Winnipeg Rudy picked 52 points, picked the Bombers with 52 points. He ends up with 134. So he actually won the week because he got both of those picks right. He was the only one. 134 points. So he ended up with, uh, where was the score? Where's the score here? I don't know. He ended up with a lot. Um, so he, um, so me, Rudy goes 262. I got a grand total of 50 points. CJ 122. Will, you got 10 points this week. Congrats. Uh, that's what happens when you go old hey. number two, I guess. That's what happens All right. when you don't care. I guess that's also a good point. Fair enough. All right, so now it's on to discuss the big game, the Grey Cup. All through the season, we started with nine teams back in June. And remember going back to the beginning of the year where we had the big strike and people were panicking and jumping out windows saying, no, there's not going to be any season, everything's lost. And then it got resolved in like five days or something like that. And we had a season, we started with nine, we've gone through the entire season, and we're down to the final one. The Grey Cup in Regina this Sunday. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Toronto Argonauts. Hmm. I'm sorry, but on this on the, on paper, this one's a bit of a mismatch for me. But that's why they play the game. Upsets do happen. Rudy, what do you think? Is your team going to get upset this week, or are they going to pull out the win? Well, you know, when you watch the CFL for 45 years, uh, you've seen you've seen all sorts of upsets. I mean, Edmonton and. Uh, Edmonton Hamilton in 1986 was a disaster for Dunnigan. So, I mean, I look at it and I don't see a way, unless Caleros can't play. If Caleros can't play, then it's, then the game's even money. Drew Brown's a very capable uh, backup, but he's not Caleros. So, but I think Caleros is going to play. Our defense is looking very good. I... I don't see it. I think Winnipeg will win this, but I think it'll, it's not going to be a blowout. I think it'll be, I think Winnipeg will win by about 10 points. I think, uh, and plus, don't forget about our, our receivers. Like we have Ellington, Schoen, we got Bailey. I mean, we got weapons all over the place, plus a good running game. So it's a well-balanced team. Uh, and Toronto on D, uh, Toronto, if they don't protect, uh, uh, Thompson back there. He's gonna he's gonna be in for a, a bad day because he's not gonna he's not eluding any any tacklers. He's not fast enough, so he's your prototypical pocket passer, and that could that could be big trouble if they don't give him the protection he needs. But I mean, you also have some stories. I mean, you have Brandon Banks and Andrew Harris, two veterans, and and Banks has never won. Harris knows what it is what it takes to win. So, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just say they don't have a chance because they have enough vets on that team that they can, they can make some things happen. But I, but I still think Winnipeg by 10. Winnipeg by 10. So you got to give a, so you're obviously picking Winnipeg, 
but you got to uh, give a score number. Uh, uh, how a many score, uh, total points? Oh, well, I'll say uh, I'm going to say 50, 52, so 31 52 points. Winnipeg, 52 points. Will, your turn to pick this game. Well, um, after what I saw this week, I don't, I don't think having Zach Kolaris play is going to be a problem, okay? Because I think they're just going to hunker down and run the football. I don't know. I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be in Regina, but I Cold. bet it's not going to be that warm. That warm. So put the ball down, run the ball and see what happens. Um, I still think Zach Kolaris, for one game, he's going to play, regardless of what, what's wrong with him. They'll stick something in his leg and make it go numb and then start from there. Um, I, I, You know what? I, you can talk about Andrew Harris and, and, and Banks, and they've got veteran players, but they also have the, the world-famous six-time going to the Grey Cup starting on Sunday, Jagarad Davis. And his record in the Grey Cup ain't that good. It's one out of five. So that might be an omen. So, you know what? If if Winnipeg plays like they can play and if their defense plays like they can play, I don't think uh, I don't think Toronto's got a chance. But, but on any given Sunday, you never know. And, you know, I mean, there could be fumbles. The weather might have an effect on the game and so on and so forth. So the odds on favorite are, are Winnipeg, but you never know what will happen. But I'm going to go um, – I'm going to go Winnipeg 47. Winnipeg 47. All right. Uh, so that's on to me. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I will be shocked if Toronto wins this game. I honestly just believe that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are that good of a football team. I think they're that dominant of a football team that I believe they are going to win this one. Even if Zach can't go, and I firmly believe that Zach Caleros was going to play in this game. I I don't think there's a prayer he doesn't play. He may not be 100%. I don't think there's a chance he's 100%. But they're going to figure out a way to get him in. Will's right. Maybe they numb his leg or his ankle or whatever it is he's hurting. Uh, They're not going to keep him out of this game. And maybe he's going to be in there and hand the ball off 80% of the time to his running back. Worked pretty well last week. Um, I I believe that they're a better team. All around, I think they're much better. Oh, they're much better on offense. I think, while I do think that Toronto does have a good defense, uh, I think um, Winnipeg is just that much better. They're a dominant defense. Uh, they can win a game all by themselves with no real help from the offense. And uh, I really believe Winnipeg is going to win this one. I think it will be relatively close. I don't think they're going to blow them out. Because Toronto is a decent team. They're not a great team. Quite frankly, I think this is uh, Winnipeg's to lose. Uh, uh, I don't think Toronto can beat Winnipeg. I think if uh, Winnipeg does lose, it'll be because they've shot themselves in the foot too many times. 
But I think Winnipeg wins this one. Uh, I will go with Winnipeg and 45 points. I'm almost reverse prices writing myself because we'll pick 47, but I, no, whatever, I'll go go with it anyways. So I'm picking Winnipeg for 45 points. Now, CJ didn't uh, put a – just, you know, CJ, I don't believe coming back, he was having uh, some issues. They were apparently having a snowstorm there in Merritt, um, so it was playing havoc with his Internet and his connection. So it doesn't look like he's coming in. Uh, he hasn't put his uh, – pick in and we have that rule where you have to have your pick in before the end of the uh, show but I think we might give him a little bit of leeway because he's having the technical difficulties but we'll see if he puts his uh, but he uh, it looks like he is gone for the night so oh by the way the okay uh, guess what the wet what's that go ahead I was thinking the weather the weather's improving in Regina minus three it is at kickoff yeah Yeah, and lower minus ten so but the wind might be a factor. So if Toronto wins the toss, that would uh, that'd go a long way and give them a shot at an up. Boy, as a Bomber fan watching Legio kick those comment, converts last week, that wind might scare me. Well, it is. And honestly, I've been fighting with Bomber fans, defending the guy. I go, he's the only job. It's like you kick converts. It's an expectation. It's not like a bonus. It's not like him going a, above and beyond. Like, his job is converts. He should be 99%. And this guy misses them. He missed them last year, and he missed them this year. He almost cost us the first game of the year against Ottawa because he missed one or two converts. Like, it's not a one-time thing. This guy misses converts. It's, it's a mental block. He's got the yips on converts. And well, Rudy, doesn't have a big leg. I know leg, what his problem but, is. I know what his problem is. Kicker. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fair. That was that problem is. He's like a goalie and hockey, still, the same thing, right? Rudy, if you're not aware, Will hates kickers. Well, I don't mind kickers if they do their job. But if they don't, then I... With, uh, <laughs> he's still struggling with, with, I'm not really a football player, am I? So that's what he's struggling with. Um, one of the other things I was going to say, and one of the reasons I pretty sure Winnipeg's going to win. I was totally impressed on Sunday that they still have lots of hunger despite them winning two great cups. Okay? They still have lots of hunger. It certainly seems and I like think that, that hunger yeah, and I think that hunger is going to take them right through and they're going to win three cups in a row or sort of in a row. And you gotta, you gotta start calling them a dynasty, well, whether especially you yeah, like and, it or not. I mean, in the salary cap era, no one's even repeated in the salary cap era. Like, like nope. everybody goes, "Oh, three, three isn't like five Edmonton." You know what? No way the the Eskimos win five in a row under the salary cap. No way they can't keep, keep that team no. together. No, no, there's no way. So, no, like, when people try and make that comparison, they had a, I, they had a even... massive, yeah, they had a yeah. massively stacked team in in Edmonton in those years. Yeah, and like you said, they're not going to keep them. Uh, they, they, there's no way they have that same lineup in this era. Yeah, no. Nope. So, yeah, so to win three in a row in a cap era yeah. is pretty damn impressive. 
And then you have, I mean, and Winnipeg lost some players. They lost they lost Lawler. They lost they lost some good players this year. Yeah, and they, they lost them. their leading receiver and their leading running back. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and, uh, and other the, than and other than other than the receivers, okay, like their offensive line and their defensive line have more or less stayed intact, with the exception of uh, the fat guy in the middle. I can't remember his name, um, but. I don't know why. I don't know why guys would want to stay in Winnipeg, but you know, I, I, I guess. Bonus, I guess there's an atmosphere check. that they like there. So there's money. It certainly well, seems like that. Playoff money, not like CFL players are, are making tons of money. So you're guaranteed. You're guaranteed playoff money. You're probably guaranteed to get some uh, money doing commercials in, in the city. So there's. Uh, the, there's lots of stuff for them to do, so they. I know and, Willie Jefferson and, and in the and and you know in between games you can always go to IKEA, right? <laughs> you can go to IKEA. Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> can always go watch. The I've Jets. only been. I, I've I've only been there once, by the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well. You know, Rudy, that, and I've said this on this podcast numerous times, you know the two biggest things that have happened to Winnipeg in the last 20 years? Can you okay. guess? Can you guess? Are the, Jets coming, are the Jets coming back. There's number one. And for sports, and then the Bombers won the Great Cup. Breaking I the didn't say years sports. No, no, oh, the sports, second, biggest oh. thing is they, second biggest thing is they got an Ikea. Okay. <laughs> so here's a question now for the other side. Or sorry, I'm going to stay with the Bombers here for a second. Let's say yeah. the Bombers do what we expect and they go out and win the Grey Cup again. So that will be yeah. three Grey Cups for Michael Shea as a head coach. At that yeah. point, does he start getting mentioned in the same breath as Wally Buono and Don Matthews and these other guys? who have won multiple Grey Cups as head coach. I think he's done better than they have. They've never, they've never won, winning three in a row. That is, and he's not even done coaching yet. He's young. No, he's still so, relatively young. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, Wally Buono, is he 50? 51. Siri, how yeah, old is so Michael Shea? I think Michael Shea's probably early 50s. So he's got a lot of years he can still be a coach. Yeah, he's still got probably like yeah. 15 more years if, if he wants to. He's 52 yeah. years old. 52. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Guys can coach no, but- in their 70s. He could be around for two more decades if he, want, if he wants to be. Jesus. Yep, he could be. Now, on the flip side, let's say Toronto pulls the upset and beats Winnipeg. At that point, do we start finally seeing people um, uh, being convinced that McLeod Bethel-Thompson is actually a a top-level quarterback? I mean, he puts up the numbers... Uh, in fact, I, I believe I, he led the. I believe he led the league in passing yards this year. If he goes out okay. and he wins the championship, okay. does he 
get that respect at that point. First of all, he plays in the worst division in professional sports. That's the East Division of the CFL. There's nothing worse. 40 years of nonsense. He played against Hamilton. I don't know. They played best of seven this year. I don't even know. They played like every second week. They're playing Hamilton. Ottawa. So you get to play Hamilton and Ottawa combined eight, nine times. And then they only played Winnipeg once. So, I mean, his, his stats are inflated. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. And if he comes out and has a big game on Sunday and wins the Great Cup, full marks. Good job. But I, don't, I think the book will still be out on him. I mean, if, if they win ugly and he doesn't play well, then no, he's not going to get – I don't think people will be claiming that he's, he's, he's the guy. But if he goes and has a big game and they win, then you have to give him, you have to give him credit. Mhm. Well, do you kind of think the same way? Well, you know, I I think he's been, to be honest with you, I think he's been the most consistent quarterback in the East for the last two or three years. And if you look at the East right now, um. I mean, who is over there that's better than him? Maybe Trevor Harris, but Trevor Harris is too inconsistent. Harris so, looks sometimes like, yeah, Harris is, uh, yeah, you don't know what you're going to get with Sometimes Harris. he looks yeah. like he's the king, and other times he looks like shit. But I thought Harris so, played okay a lot Sunday, but yeah. Well, no, I, Dane I, Evans. Like, yeah, well, Dane Evans fell off a cliff. Dane Evans is like, you know, two Super Bowl lo- or two Grey Cup losses in a row. I think I, I think okay. I think that really I think that really took the wind out of their, the Hamilton Tire Cats sales. Those two losses in the Grey Cup, I think they this year they're just a fatigued team. Well, especially last year, the way they lost it at home, where they yeah, had a that's... lead late in the fourth quarter at home. And they still couldn't seal the deal. There was one play yeah. I always go back to in last year's Grey Cup. Uh, the the bomber, the Ticats were down, and Dane, Dane Evans hits. Oh no, it was Mazzoli because Evans got knocked out of the game, and he hit yeah. one of the. I think it was um, Stephen Dunbar was right at the goal line. If he catches that, Hamilton wins that game because that would have put him up by about yeah. I think. Uh, by two scores with yeah, like less yeah. than two minutes left, oh. he doesn't catch that. They settle for a field goal. Winnipeg ties and ultimately wins in overtime. But that was no, that was the play that they kicked the field goal after and they tied the game into overtime. Oh, that's that was the one was. On the that would have put them in the lead. Yes, and right. there, and there'd been like twenty. But on that play, everybody thinks that receiver dropped it. He didn't. Dietrich Nichols made an all-time play that no one talks about. It's one of the greatest defensive plays in, in Grey Cup history. He got a fingertip on that ball and deflected it ever so slightly, and that's why that ball was dropped. Like, if you look at the replay of that, it's, it's an amazing play that doesn't get talked, to, talked about enough. It's like it, it saved the game. That game is over. Not even – it was, it was – uh, so that uh, – they gave that receiver a lot of grief, but it wasn't really his fault. It was a good play by Dietrich Nichols. He was on the all-star team, I think, this year. 
Okay. Hey, uh, hey, uh, I was going to say, Rudy, who was yeah. who was the Bombers quarterback in 2016? Oh, Nichols. I like Nichols. Was it Nichols? Yeah. Okay, and I hated Nichols. I hated Nichols. Well, he got um, a bad rap. He he was like he's kind of like and he's like he's kind of like he was pocket passer and I mean, Caleros is better because he can extend plays with his legs. So that was the right. big difference between the two. But, but if you look at Nichols, but yeah. here's a question. Here's a question for you. Who has a better? Who had a better arm in your mind? Nichols or McLeod Bethel Thomas? Honestly, Nichols had Nichols could throw the long ball. He got a bad rap. The problem was Nichols sometimes gave up on plays, right? So I think they're kind of similar. Um, I mean, at the it's, end of it, so like, I mean, the Nichols, only reason. The only reason I'm asking this is McLeod Bethel Thomas was on the Bombers practice roster in 2015, yeah, or 2016, and they got rid of him. So, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, it's you yeah, know it's, it's a good question. It's actually this... good. Uh, I wonder. I wonder how maybe I'll go back and look at what uh, what was said in training camp. But uh, yeah, like Nichols, you know, Nichols is part of the turnaround in Winnipeg, right? Like he gets a bad rap. That guy came here he only he won his his winning his record is like he's like 20 games over 500 and he threw no. for like eight, 89 touchdown passes Gosh. i think and i think like 40 interceptions like he, he had good numbers but just he but just kind of he never the, just the seems, fans never it just seems he could never of, win the big one either he could never well, win, the yeah. big, win the big one either so and I agree. And in 2016, we were up on BC by 25 points, but then our, our defense caved in, right? Like it was, right. Like we gave up three. So that's, I mean, he did pretty good. He put up over 30 points. And then the next year, we lost to Edmonton in the playoffs. He put up like 400 yards in passing, but but Ricky Ray, we couldn't get Ricky Ray off the field, and he put up like 500 yards of passing. So we once when they got yep. their defense in, in order, then you saw. You know, then then you saw, you know, a better better result yeah. in the playoffs. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. But no, but yeah, I mean, he, hey, I just I just uh, like I said, Winnipeg, they're gonna have to do something major wrong, I think, to lose the Grey Cup. And but like I said, that, they gotta be. Yeah. They yeah. gotta be I mean, up there with the all-time greatest teams. Um, I guess, and I, I'm the guy, I'm the guy who always flaps his lips about the only thing that matters is wins. And mm-hmm. I guess Mike O'Shea has, to, Mike O'Shea has to be up there if they win three in a row. And yeah, if he, sure. he obviously, he obviously keeps these guys motivated and guys and down, obviously want to stick, stick around because, yeah. and down like, I earth, mean, there's no... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't think there's any there's any reason to stay in Winnipeg since they closed the Palomino Club. Come on. <laughs> well, they got they got the new Palomino Club. I haven't been there. I don't think. Oh, okay. Remember, yeah, yeah, no, you're I, too old. You're too <laughs> you're too old to go to the bar anymore, Rudy. Sorry. But they say, oh, yeah. Anyway, are you crazy? Won't find me in a bar. Maybe just once. Dad, more. what are you doing there? <laughs> Well, just to show how long it's 
just to show how long it's been since the last time a team won three Grey Cups in a row, the last coach to do it, Hugh Campbell. Yeah. Hugh Campbell, yeah. In Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. Last time it was done, I was four years old. Yeah. Yeah. They almost lost the 81 game to Ottawa. Almost. Remember, Ottawa Ottawa got up 20 to 3, and then then, uh, slowly Edmonton clawed back, but yeah. I heard an urban legend on that. Maybe it's not an urban legend. It's probably the truth that all of those Eskimo players were just hung over, and it took them a... a just took them a half to get in the swing of things, but whether that's true or not, I, I, I don't know. I, it could be. Well, could now be. that that's I now that I'm older, now that I'm older and hear story, I hear stories about Dan Kepley and his drinking ways. Um, I don't think that would be a stretch. Probably yeah, not. I heard, yeah, he he uh, he had some he had some health issues later on. I, he was he. Yeah. He, he struggled with the alcohol, yeah. Good player, though. Fantastic yeah. player. But, but you're not getting, of that, uh, man, but, okay, but under the salary cap, you're not, keeping, you're not keeping Kelly, Kepley, Germany, Moon, Wilkinson. Like, or, there's no way. They had they, 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 Tommy Scott. Forget it. You're not keeping all those guys. <laughs> yeah, but Moon Wilkinson, Moon Wilkinson was only a year or so. Yeah. Well, it was seventy. It was seventy nine. I think they started Wilkinson in the in the seventy nine Grey Cup, but then Moon came off the bench, and then the rest was history. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how that went. Yes, indeed. But yeah. Yes, indeed. That's I how it Wilkinson went. About a, yeah. And seventy eight Wilkinson started the whole way, I believe. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's all. There's got to be all kinds of things you call the bombers after Sunday if they win. So, yeah, yeah. And and I think then that, are like, they capable? Like well, then I think at that point you go dynasty. Oh yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. But then I mean, is it the- going to come to the point? Is it going to come to the point where people start tearing the team apart? Well, I e. I e. Coaches moving out. Well, okay, that's the other thing. To, I already heard that Buck, Buck yeah. Ottawa wants to talk to Buck Pierce. I think that's a bad yeah. idea. I don't, I don't think he's ready. I, don't, I think, I mean, they already, uh, but you can't blame him pass up the, a, a big contract from Ottawa. So. Yeah, but you know what? If you think about it, if you think about it, it's been, it's been, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Going from, uh, going from, oh my lord, <laughs> going from Paul Lapolice to Buck Pierce <laughs> has been seamless, and I and I think and I yeah. think Buck Pierce True. has done better than Paul Lapolice. Well, so, well Lap was Lapo's biggest problem is he was too conservative, and then O'Shea would have to yell at him sometimes to stop running the ball between the tackles. So I mean, Lapo right. did Lapo did some good things with Strebler, and you got to give him credit for that. But then even this year yep. in Ottawa, he reverts back to that that conservative play calling, and it just kills you. Like there's a, 
there's a game this year where you have to throw to get the first down. I know it's late in the game and it's scary to throw, but honestly, that's what Flutie used to do so well. They would just throw for the first down. There's a minute left in the game. We'll just throw for the first down. You'll get open and the game will be open. Mm-hmm. And you, you need to have that once in a while. You can't, I'm not saying throw a ball up for grabs, but running the ball, I mean, when, when the defense knows you're running the ball, you have no chance. Yeah. Well, usually. Especially with Lapo, and you don't have no lot. I mean, Ottawa wasn't going to, Ottawa's run game wasn't going to scare anybody this year. Right. I hope they turn it around. I hope they turn around in Ottawa because those fans have been patient. I mean, they, they, the fans keep still, they, they keep coming out. So, I mean, but how long are they going to stay? Like, you're not going to, you know, the East doesn't need another eroded fan base. Yeah, that's two. true. But we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll see yeah. what happens. I, I just don't, you know, it's too bad when guys become head coaches. Usually it's because a team is shitty and they have to yeah, get a, a shitty team. Well, I so, feel bad for Devon Claybrook. He got it. He got it. He got a raw deal. Or was he not ready? I, I don't think he was ready to be a head coach. I've heard. I've heard all kinds of stories about Devon Claybrooks, and uh, I, I don't think he was even close to ready. So, he was in Calgary. Hoff was there. Dickinson. He was well insulated. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. He was. And like I've always said before, there are just guys that are just better suited to be coordinators than head coaches. Yeah, for sure. Yep, there are. There are for sure. There are for sure. You look at the the NFL, you you have guys that make the move to head coach and they're a disaster, but then yet they were were Super Bowl winning offensive coordinators. So, yeah. Yep. And you never never know what's going to (laughs) happen to guys when they go from something to something. I always speculate, yeah. uh, Rudy. What was the year? What was the year Kevin Glenn broke his arm in the Eastern Final? What year was that? Oh, that was oh, that was two thousand seven. Hold on. Okay, that was so, Charlie Charlie Roberts' fault because he was hung over and he fumbled four times. So he's in my book of wrongs. The case can continue on. Um. So so my question is this: if 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 uh, Kevin Glenn didn't get hurt and he went on to the Grey Cup and they won the Grey Cup, oh, they win that by 30 points. Would he, would he have been the vagabond that we all know him as? Or would Winnipeg have signed him to like two or three or four years? Well, he after played, that. Uh, yeah, because 2008 went bad for him and then we just. Yeah. I think he gets a deal because he had a great year. He threw for a bunch of yards. Yeah. He deserved better. He honestly deserved better. Yes, he did. And then, um, and then he got Calgary to the Great Cup in 2000. He's underrated, actually. He deserves to be uh, remembered as a, as a better quarterback. I think he, 2000, was it 13 in Toronto or 12 in Calgary? I don't know what they did there. I don't know what the plan was in that Great Cup. But, it was uh, 2013, yes. 12. Yeah. Or, well, the 100th year one, right? The 100th Grey Cup where they played Toronto in Toronto. Yeah, and yeah. that was when they had um, – that's when – what's his name? Um, Saskatchewan's – or Edmonton's coach now was the – he just went over to uh, Toronto. Jones. Yeah, so he kind of knew what Calgary was going to do. 
I think yeah. that's when Carrie got blown out. Yep. All right. But, so, uh, yeah. All right. So, moving on, maybe we'll go. So, we've done our predictions for the Grey Cup. So, now we'll move on a little bit here in the agenda here. And we'll go to segment number four. And the, this will be the year in review for the Montreal Alouettes, who were beaten in the Eastern final by Toronto. So, they made a. This is a team that made a coaching change midseason. Were they the only one? No, Ottawa did too. Uh, obviously, they fired uh, their head coach, Kahari Jones. I think kind of a knee-jerk reaction myself. But And, uh, of course, Will's buddy, um, um, what's-his-face, um, Danny Machocha, ends up taking over as, uh, as the um, head coach, and he's the general manager. And give him credit, he did get the team to the Eastern Conference Final. He got them to the second place. They won a... Uh, they won a um, playoff game, but they came up short in the Eastern Final. So what do we think for this team here, the year in review and going forward? Um, does Danny Machocha go out and find another head coach? Will's always of the opinion that he wants to be the coach. So do we see Machocha come back as head coach? Does he go out and when find another said, coach? Um, what's the future for he, this team here? He said he's going to get another coach. So I think he said that he's only doing it in term this year, and then he's going to get another head coach. So unless he's, going to, unless he's a liar, then uh, I've heard guys say that before and then change their mind. Yeah, I. You no, know, I. Think, I mean, I, I, I think he's uh, he's doing his best. Uh, <laughs> what was that guy's name? Oh my God, the GM of Montreal five years oh, ago, Jim ten Pop. years ago. Yes, I think Pop. he's doing his best Jim Pop, his best Jim Pop impersonation, who who was always the general manager but had desires to be a head coach, which doesn't make sense yeah. to me. But um, I don't know. I, I have heard them say it as well, Rudy, that Danny Machocha said he will not be the head coach next year. I don't believe him. I think he's a bit of a – I think he's a bit of a control nut. And – I mean, although he used discipline problems as the reason for getting rid of Kahari Jones, I think it was more a popularity problem. Well, I also think I think that I think that he wanted to do things his way, and Kari was too much of a player's coach. So I think there's a conflict there, and I also think discipline was a bit of an issue. Like it was bad in Montreal. Like last year was really bad. This year was not getting much better, but. I think that was just uh, that was on the list of reasons. I don't think it was the main reason, but it was a convenient thing to tell the press. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think they get any further with Kari Jones. I think they would have probably still beaten Hamilton and then lost to Toronto. But uh, I think Kari Jones deserves better in this league, and I think you know, hopefully he gets a, a head coaching shot somewhere. Yeah, and I think he's, I he's, he's like Tari Jones. Yeah, he was. Good. You know what? Um, the, you know he what? Been the, a nice hero. Thing, the nice thing, the nice thing about Montreal having success this year. The one thing I did like about it, and I'm not a Danny Machocha fan, but I am an Anthony Calvillo fan. 
And I think it yeah. was nice that he was the offensive coordinator and, and he actually did okay. So Yeah, no, I think that's good. And, and actually that's also good because, you know, fans will see Calvillo and, yeah. you know, they, they got to sell, yeah. sell seats in Montreal too. Um, they're they do they're in an awful they're in an awful situation stadium wise there and nobody talks about it none of the CFL media they just gloss it over they have their stadium borrow. is awful they have to borrow McGill Stadium from the university they have to pay rent on that day they don't get it for any concerts they get no res- residuals I doubt they get any parking they only get it for the for the four or five hours on game day and that's it. And, like, there's no luxury boxes. There's nothing. So the owners, whoever buy, whoever invests into owning the Montreal Alouettes, you lose money. And you're never making money at Mohawk yes. Stadium. Wet and Hall was – they were packing the stands, and they were still losing money. He lost tens of millions of dollars, Wet and Hall. He had to throw the keys on the table because he couldn't afford losses. I think his family told the old man, okay, enough's enough. You, uh, you know, we want some inheritance. So – Hopefully that can change. I don't know how move the soccer stadium, Saputo. I'm not sure what the what the what the solution is there. Oh, good, good. Then we'll, then we'll get people in Montreal like those people at B uh, whining about the Argos playing at BMO that we keep hearing about that always surface so, every now and then. So, yeah, so Rudy, but, I uh, yeah. I never realized how how pathetic. McMahon Stadium is <laughs> until I was in Winnipeg until I was in Winnipeg this summer and went to a bomber game. Okay. And I'm I'm still I'm still trying to wrap my head around how the fuck Winnipeg has a stadium like that and Calgary has a stadium like they do. I can't wrap my head around it. Um so and I'm thinking people tell me Montreal is worse. Okay, so I don't but at least the stamps, at least the stamps own, like at least the stamps get money. You know, they can do stuff with the man. They can, they can, they can organize. They can pregame. They can do tailgates. I don't think they can do much yeah. in, in Montreal. So I think, even though McMahon's older, it's still. I think it's a, it's a little bit better of a situation for than Montreal. Yeah. But, uh, People I tailgate mean, they, they, at McMahon because the parking lot is nicer than the stadium. Yeah. Um, but I, well, you know, that's really not fun. necessarily true, Charles. We have a, a pretty joke. nice stadium when you compare it to the parking lot. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Winnipeg tailgate getting really. Winnipeg tailgate getting it's getting really big. It's, there's like in five different lots. Yep. And then a free game party. It, it's it, it's getting getting. Well, that's all Wade Miller. He went to the police when uh, it opened. He goes, let's have an understanding. You know what? We'll tell the, we'll tell the Bomber fans to, you know, keep it, keep your beer in a red Solo cup or whatever you're drinking and, and not to make a big deal about it. And, and then uh, the police said, okay, as long as everybody behaves. And it's been good for the last, like, 10 years. And it's, yeah. uh, it's been good. Now, Saskatchewan, they can't tailgate in Saskatchewan, which is ridiculous. No, they can't. No, they because can't. The police they get nineteen sixty-five liquor. Can't do it there. here either. That's so. But I, no. I think wouldn't it just take a conversation, like just talk, like maybe it could, like Wade Miller just 
talked to the chief of police and they just sat down and kind of came to an understanding. Now, if you're being an idiot, you're going to get arrested. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean. But the other thing that's good about IG Field is the open, the open concourse. Like people go, it's always empty. It's because everybody's standing around the, the uh, concourse watching and drinking beer by the, uh, you know, the and it's funny because <laughs> Mark Wetnall told it, used to tell us that, and none of us believed him. And <laughs> until I went this, until I went this summer and I'm like, what the fuck are all those people doing down there? Oh, okay. That's what they're doing. Okay. So he was telling the truth, basically. So yeah, like we we have fans, we have young fans, we have young fans coming that go. Oh, I didn't watch any of the game. We were just by the rum hut drinking and like whatever socializing. Yep. So yep. and yep. that's that's good. And I get that. I get that. So, but yeah, that's a pretty impressive stadium. Is all I'm going to say. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was mostly I was more impressed I was mostly impressed with the bike valet, okay? <laughs> I don't I I don't bike to the games. <laughs> I and, probably and, should, but and and sorry, and the water stations. Okay. I oh, I yeah. spend I am like CJ, I don't drink. And in the summertime I probably spend about thirty bucks on water in the stadium. Because they have no such a thing as water stations, okay? Yeah. No, they've tried to make it as fan-friendly so, as possible. Yeah. Obviously. Yep. Yep. Anyways, we're going back next, to Charles? Montreal. You're going back to Montreal. Yeah. Uh, you. Where do we think these guys are going from here? Where do they need to improve? Where do they need to get? Uh, uh, what's I, their uh, think, going forward? Who do we think is going to be the coach there? Who who the coach be in Montreal? They maybe maybe Calvillo. Or is he not enough experience? It'll be someone that Danny Machocha can pretty much use as a puppet if he's not going well, to be he, the coach. He was the, he was the coach in um, where was he coaching in um, CIS or esports? Edmund, oh Montreal, yeah. no University of Montreal. Maybe he'll have somebody, somebody in mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Who do you coach I think with they've got a good, good offense. Yeah, Steinbach's a stud. Yeah, like Steinbach. None of these back from his uh, back from and tra- his uh, I think, injury. I think Harris is good. I mean, if you can get an upgrade, but who are you going to get? I don't think that you're going to get an upgrade from Harris for Montreal. I don't think there's anybody out there. Unless At this they point, have I don't somebody. know if anyone's going to be better, no. And the, the, so I think the they back they had that replaced Dan back when he was injured, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, but he was pretty damn good, too, himself. Yeah, they just. I think they just need to uh, focus on uh, – uh, shoring up that uh, defense, that pass defense was uh, yeah, their secondary is not very good. Yeah, so that's no, got to get the, fixed. They had trouble stopping teams. Yeah, and I'm not, and I guess that also could do with the old line if you're not getting enough pressure too, right? So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Right. Yep. 
Will, you got anything to add on Montreal? No, I think they had a successful year. Um, they got to pick the right guy to be the head coach. Um, um, they got some yeah, 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 they do have that right. too. Because that yeah. guy, I think he. So now they don't. Yeah, that Gary Stern's trying his best to drum up support, but yeah, I don't know who's going to be owning that team next year. I think, I think Eric Lapointe group is still interested, but I'm not sure where that's at. Right. I could see that. Yeah. yeah I hey, maybe they Ryan Reynolds will buy got to pick a decent <laughs> Yeah, they got to pick a decent head coach. I, I mean, if they want to put if they want to put fans in the seats, I think you uh, I think you uh, I think you make the, make uh, Anthony Calvillo the head coach. Uh, yeah. Well, he's very popular, there. so I could see that, whether it's a good yeah. idea or not, but it definitely would draw some interest, I think. Yeah. Oh, the other, well, was, the other running back, was the other running back Fletcher in Montreal? Yes, Fletcher. Fletcher, yes. That's, okay. that's who it was. Yeah. I couldn't remember his last name, and it was a yeah. relatively common name, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – I actually like both. Uh, I think that uh, the Philpot brothers, they got the one there. Um, he's a um, – I think they're both going to be really good receivers in this league. Yeah, I think so too. I was impressed with both of them this year. Yeah. And they'll be hitting their peak just when they become free agents and BC signs them both to bring them home. <laughs> Anyways, uh Speaking of BC, uh, they're next in our agenda, their year in review. Uh, a big-time bounce-back year on and off the field for the Lions, both uh, attendance-wise and on the field. A team that had missed the playoffs the last two seasons. Uh, not only do they make the playoffs, they finish second, they win the um, Western semifinal and fall a little bit short in the Western final, but... Um, I, I, a pretty successful year for the Lions out here on the West Coast after some uh, a few kind of uh, lousy years, let's face it. They weren't very good. Uh, both the strike shortened year plus 2019, that was the Devon Claybrooks year, which uh, they only won in those two games. I believe they only won 10 games over the two seasons, and then they go out and win 12 this season. So a good bounce back year, and I guess the – the big question mark for the Lions uh, going forward, uh, what's going to happen with Nathan Rourke? We hear he's going to be out uh, working out for teams uh, starting next week, working out for NFL teams. I mean, obviously, if you're Nathan Rourke, you get the, uh, the, if you get a contract offer from the NFL, even if it's just a practice roster spot or a third string, you're still going to make a lot more money than you are as a starter here in B.C., uh, I mean, unless I, I would anticipate that the Lions will offer him a new contract, uh, whether he accepts it or not. I guess it just depends on how his NFL um, workouts go. Have to be, he would have to make the active roster to make because I'm sure BC would give him like, I mean, north of six hundred thousand, five hundred. I would think like, so. Yeah. So a practice roster spot would be like 250, but then if they give him a, a signing bonus, who knows what the signing bonus would be? So 
or opportunity, I guess that would be up to him to make that call. Right. But I don't, yeah. I, I think at this stage of his career, a year on a practice roster and not taking any snaps would be terrible for his talent. A guy like yeah. Trevler, no, he, Trevler is never going to be a starter. He's a gimmick quarterback who's effective in, 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 in certain packages, but Rourke's an everyday starter. I think he needs to, he needs to play. He needs to be playing. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, I also think if you look at the track record of quarterbacks that ended up going down to the NFL and having success, they all had multiple years of success here in the CFL. Uh, Nathan Rourke, in reality, had 10 games. He had yeah, the, the and, nine games before the injury. He had the one little – I don't even count yeah. that last game of the season because it mean nothing. He had the the play and the two playoff games. So he yeah. really has not been a starter for a full season. No. So I think it would be beneficial for him to play even two more seasons as a full time yeah. starter to get more of that yeah. gameplay. Because if you look at the guys, guys like Warren Moon, guys like Jeff Garcia. Doug Flutie yeah. came up here. Now, he had been in the NFL before but wasn't able to make it, but he came up here and he played multiple years and then got back to the NFL. Guys that yeah. uh, have been CFL quarterbacks that have been uh, successful yeah. in the NFL always had multiple years and they, of, of um, good guys play. Like, and, go yeah. on. Oh, guys like Henry Burris and Ricky Ray went down young, and they 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 weren't ready, and they got they got cut. They didn't make. Yeah, didn't and make an, the, another the, good example was um, uh, Casey Pinners, who went yeah. down there had uh, had his MOP season in really his first year, played another year where he was kind of sharing with uh, Dickinson the the quarterback role, yeah. then tried to go down to the Kansas City Chiefs, didn't make it, so. Uh, when you go down too quickly, I think you actually yeah. decrease your chances of making it. Yeah. You've got to have more than one year as a starter. Having said that, if he gets the offer, I'm sure he will go. Who wouldn't? Um, so that's going to be the Lions' big concern going forward because uh, I think uh, what they do, what happens with Nathan Rourke, We'll also determine what they decide to do ultimately with Vernon Adams. If Nathan Rourke ends up going down to the NFL, then I think we're going to we see a scenario likely where Vernon Adams is the starter here next year, at the beginning of next year. Yeah. If not, then I think you see Vernon Adams potentially hit the trademark, trading block, if uh, Rourke's going to stay. Uh, so I think the Lions still have the pieces in pu- the – um, the pieces of the puzzle there. Sadly, I think Brian Burnham has probably played his last game of the BC Lion. Uh, he's a, a free agent going into this year, and he's become injury prone. In the last couple years, he's had injury issues. I would be very surprised if he re-signs with the Lions next year. Um, and I think the Lions, their biggest off-season need right now uh, is to shore up their uh, defensive and offensive line. I think it was kind of uh, same going into the season. Those two, the the line play was always a concern. I think they improved in both areas, but I don't think they're where they need to be yet. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think they have to be careful though that they don't take a step backwards. I mean, next year I think they still have the pieces. Even if Vernon Adams 
is your quarterback. I still think they right. can uh, have a solid a solid year. And uh, sometimes teams tend to implode when their star isn't back with them. So hopefully that's not the case with BC and they mm-hmm. keep uh, packing the stadium and uh, and because uh, we need a competitive well, BC they did, team. They did. Don't don't forget they did prove they could win without Nathan Rourke. Okay. Yeah. Because what did they go for that nine games, Charles? Do you remember? Uh, the nine games, uh, I believe they were. Well, I'm just trying to think here. Without Nathan Rourke, they were eight and one when Rourke went down. So that's nine games. They finished the season thirteen and or no twelve and six. So they went. Well, actually, they went four. Is that four and five? I guess. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, um, they went four and five, but at the same time, the one game, I don't really count the last game of the season because that was a glorified preseason game. So really, they yeah. were, I would say they consider them four and four. Played 500. Uh, they yeah. played 500, yeah. And a couple of those games they lost that they could have very easily won. Yeah, the so it's not like they fell apart completely. And it's understandable when they're trying to break in Vernon Adams, who doesn't know anything. So about right. BC, okay? And so, I think they'd be so, a lot. There'll be a lot. They'd be a lot better off too uh, if they are going with Vernon Adams. If he gets a full training camp as the starter, where he didn't get it, he yep. got thrown kind of right into the pit. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. No. There you go. Nope. All right. Anyone else have anything else to add on the BC Lions? Nope. I'm good. Nope. nope. All right. Then we're going to be moving on to the next topic. And the next topic, an interesting trade happened this week. As the uh, Calgary Peters trade the rights to Bo Levi Mitchell, We've kind of known for a while that Paul Levi Mitchell was not going to be back in Calgary. That writing's been on the wall. But he's now officially no longer a member of the Calgary St. Peters. They've traded his rights to the Hamilton Tiger Cats for, I think it was two draft picks and future considerations. Now, this is interesting uh, because they've only traded his rights. Now, he is under no obligation to sign with the Tiger Cats. I was under the impression that the Tiger Cats would not have made this deal without some sort of assurance that he would sign there. But the word I've been seeing is that he wants to test free agency. So do we think that he ultimately signs in Hamilton, or does he end up somewhere else? Well, I'm with you on that. I I assume that there would have been a conversation, a hint, hint, nudge, nudge, and you know what, we'll get something done. But if it's not, and Hamilton just took a shot in the dark, I mean, they do have the great cop, so they could, I mean, womb with some, right. of, some of that. And, and Bob Young would probably throw a throw a, a healthy check his way. But I, I he's never been a free agent. So, and Saskatchewan, they're desperate. I mean, their fan base is not happy. So, they uh, I could see them writing a, a big check for Bo, too. So, it's going to be interesting. It'll, I think it'll come down to Saskatchewan and Hamilton. Well, and you got to throw. You also got to throw Toronto in there because there's rumors that Bethel Thomas is not coming back. So, um, yeah, 
and and what do you think, Will? Bo has Bo has lots of connections with Toronto. Ryan Dinwiddie's there. He's the old offensive coordinator or quarterback coach. Sorry, um, defensive coordinator for Toronto. He's got Devarius Daniels, who is one of his favorite receivers, as well as uh, there's another guy there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of connections in Toronto. And don't forget, with three years ago or four years ago, when he was re-signing with Calgary there was talk that he was going to Toronto because apparently they offered him the world. I don't necessarily think they'll offer him the world right now, but you know what? If he could make, you know, 800 grand, 900 grand in the next two seasons, he'd be okay. And going to, I think he will go to an Eastern team because like we've talked about before, you only have to win nine games to get into the playoffs in an Eastern team. Right. And he's probably nine, capable of nine, that. seven, eight. Nine. Well, not even that. That's. <laughs> I, I'm just going. Nine. And not that I, not that I'm trying to stick here or anything, Rudy. But all I'm going to say is 2001 Grey Cup, Calgary was oh, yeah. eight and ten, I think. Yeah, eight and ten, that, and they that, beat the one Blue that's Bombers. What? That's once every forty years in the, in the West, and yeah, like, well, well, that was happened with, twice. But with, with they by went, the way, with by the way. The worst quarterback who's ever played in the CFL, Marcus. I always Randall. said Marcus Frandell okay. for, for Marcus Frandell for three games became Doug Flutie with BC with Edmonton and Edmonton, and then and then yeah, Winnipeg went to sleep in the Great Cup game. So and, they were and partying the night before. And Winnipeg, mm-hmm. Winnipeg shouldn't have been drunk during the Great Cup. Okay, so well the thing is, yep, if, if, if O'Shea's coaching O one, that game not even close, but. Richie let the boys go out fun yeah. and and it cost them. But uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. but anyways, so, yeah. So uh, I think, I think Bo's gonna, I, I don't think Bo for the life of him will ever fucking sign in Saskatchewan. Okay. Like be a master like, troll just, move though. He, I don't see him moving there. I don't think he just doesn't seem to be that kind of guy. I don't think he'll ever move to wherever he goes and plays. I think he'll always be in Calgary because yeah. I guarantee you oh, yeah. there is no something after football in Calgary for yeah. him. So and, and, and no way um, he's buying and no way he's buying a house in um, no way he's buying a house in in Regina and, or moving family. Or, there. Yeah, no, there's no way. No, not so at that's all. the issue. I mean, I can see him. All. I can see him going to Hamilton for a year. And like living in yeah. Toronto, right? It's not that far of a commute. That that kind of I thought that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he goes to uh, if he goes to, if he goes to Toronto, would he would he be okay playing in front of friends and family? Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's never yeah. had. To, he's never. He's always had good crowds in Calgary. You know, rivalry with Saskatchewan. You know, comes to Winnipeg. It's you know, it's the West is you know. But him going, yeah. The thing is, would would him going to Toronto help sell tickets? Oh man, Flutie's even help sell tickets. Maybe a little. I don't think anything would. I think maybe if you offered them ten free beers, that would sell tickets. I don't think anything else will offer will make people go there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they did some actual marketing. (laughs) Yeah, you know. They do nothing there. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe if they offered uh, people seventy two virgins if they went to a football game. Oops, yeah. did I say that? <laughs> Sorry. Um, do we know, think? I'm just saying, maybe. I just maybe. Say, do we think even know. Ottawa could be in the mix for Bo Levi Mitchell? I'm no. not sure they sold. They're sold on their guys. No, you don't think well, so. Mazzoli, well, well, Mazzoli, he was. Doing, well, Mazzoli's coming that. back. That's a good point. I'm. I'm also thinking. Toronto seems to have the best money or the biggest money. Yeah. Because those guys in those guys in Toronto don't care about what kind of money they spend, so they don't. You never know. Who knows? And I've also heard that Who Bo knows? wants to go into T V after he retires. And if you want to go into T V, Toronto's a good city to be in. Yeah, but we've also <laughs> heard Bo wants to go into Bo wants to go into coaching as well, so True. I think Dave Dickinson is his hero or something. Okay, so he was good on the panel last year. I think he's really good on the great. Yeah, he was. He was, he was very good. He was very the good. Did, Absolutely. The only people that didn't like him were Saskatchewan fans because they take everything personally. So they didn't. They didn't. They thought he sucked. But mm. <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah. I, I. He was good. So we'll see where that ends up. Interesting times. Yep, we will see where that ends up. And, and it's too uh, bad because it ends an era. It ends an era in Calgary, which I yeah. really liked. Okay, so. Yeah. So. It was a good era. They were always uh, one of the top teams, if not the top team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, but in reality, should have had more great cups. cups in ten years. Yeah, yeah should have had more great cups. What a lot of people say about the Wally Guano era in Calgary is that they, and the Doug Flutie era is that they should have had more Grey Cups. So it's kind of a trend yep. there. West is tough, yep. though. You know what? Honestly, we, like that's why it's just Winnipeg going back to back after to get through the West. I mean, God, when we were in the East Division, we we started playing like the East teams, and we were bad. We were complacent. Our ownership, like uh, Winnipeg Enterprises, just said, "Oh, well, we don't really have to get you know." the best, best players. Well, just these guys can go nine and eight and 10 and make the playoffs. So it's a different culture in the West. Like it's, you need to be 10 and eight is not people just kind of just like, yeah, that's not great. Easter 10 and eight, you probably got to buy, you have a buy to the great, you have a buy to the East final at 10 and eight, mm-hmm. but let's not start yep. about the one division talk this week. Well, yeah, no, that's that's just that's an endless stupid, stupid, yeah. stupid, stupid conversation. Because I was just gonna throw in that it's too bad that only one of the top three teams are in the Great Cup this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah like BC winning. Whatever. Yeah. Don't ruin tradition. No. I know it's. You horrible, I mean, hate, hate-filled Canadian people. Yes, I just come back with that argument. I just say, do you have not any high expectations of your, of your team? Like, do you want them just to muddle around and hopefully get lucky? You know, is that, is that the, is that the yes. game plan at the start of the year? Or do you want to have a team that's solid? It seems and, like it's in the East. Yeah, and it, honestly, it works once in a while. You just you strike lightning once in a while. You get it's a one game shot, and 
stuff happens, and then, you know, CFL's wide open. Somebody's got to come out of the East. But it's yeah, and I mean the the, the argument is well, the crossover team never has never gotten to the uh, to the Grey Cup. But I mean, fourth in the it's West is still not my... as good as. <sighs> No. Fourth in the West is still not like first in the East is usually better than fourth in the and plus don't forget not. The, the second place team gets in the East is usually worse than the crossover team but they get the home playoff game in the East that home that playoff game should be at the crossover if they have a better record if you're like I've 10 always and 8, thought that but that's my that's my main argument for one division is because if you're if you're three wins better then the second place team in the East, how do you not get a gate out of that? And the game, the game should be in your home stadium. Like what's the point of like, you've earned, you've earned the right to host. I've always hated that. I'm like, you've got a better record yet. You have to play on the road. How is that fair? Yeah. Crazy. Well, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think now, since we're, we 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 brought this up. <laughs> um, we're gonna go down the rabbit hole. I, I, well, no, I'm I'm just thinking of the Grey Cups that Winnipeg has won, and I'm excluding the two previous ones, but the the yeah. other ones. So there was 1990, right? Yeah, we were. Is it 1990? Yeah, so they won in 1990. They, they won in 80. They played. They played Edmonton in the Grey Cup, so they were in the East, correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. But they just kind and of then, come over from the yeah. 88. They were right, in then the East. 80. Yep. 88. They were but in the East. 88 was like 2001, just reverse, because Sean Salisbury beat Matt Dunigan. Yeah. Right. The Bombers had no business in that game. <laughs> and well, the Bob one Cameron, before that, eighty-four. I think the one before that, they were, in, they were in the yeah. West. They were in the West yeah. against yeah. Hamilton. And, and they, they hammered so, Hamilton. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but like, I mean, yeah. But like eighty-eight was we are t- we are basically just like, you know, a typical East team that, you know, were nine and nine and just had a day and, and Matt Dunnigan had another bad great cup game. Like people actually don't realize Matt Dunnigan's had about four yeah. or five horrendous great cup games. Yeah. He's not a re- good in great cup I games. remember I remember in the off season Sean Salisbury said, I want a big raise. They said fuck off. And he <laughs> oh, yeah, was he, yeah, he <laughs> was not a good he was hilarious. He was, he, was he was honestly got terrible. He threw a pass to uh James Murphy and Murphy went by like, he like juked yep. out four lines and got it. Yeah, it eight, was like a yeah. ten yard pass that went for like sixty yards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Bob Cameron yeah. kicked like fifty yard bombs into the wind that that, that day, and then that was kind of. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how they won that game. That this day, <laughs> no, I don't know how they Sean, won that Sean, game. Sean Salisbury, Sean Salisbury was like the white Marcus Crandall. Okay. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Tony Cherry yeah. ran for hundred and sixty four yards. And we had yeah. David Williams, yeah. who was the most outstanding player. We had Matt Dunnigan, and we had a defense. To, I mean, going into that game, the Lions were pummeling teams left and right. They were scoring 
40 points a game almost, and somehow well, these guys, this ragtag bomber team beat us. But, but look at but look yep. at look at this week coming up. We're saying, well, how can Toronto win? Well, there you go. There's a time. Well, well that's what how. can happen. There you that's go. It's like that's it how. happens. Yep. Yeah. Well, but at least you're a star. But I don't think your star receiver and star quarterback hated each other like that Lions team. Lions team. So. <laughs> no. Matt no, Dunigan and uh, David Williams did not get along. Yeah, mainly from what I've heard, because right? Dunnigan was jealous that Dunnigan was jealous that uh, David Williams got named the MOP. He thought he should have, but whatever. Wow. But then look, I mean, look at Dunnigan's record. Look at what he did in, in the '92 Grey Cup game. He was terrible. He didn't put a point up on the board. He got pulled in the third in the fourth quarter for Danny McManus when Calgary was up twenty-four nothing. And like, yep. and so I mean, he was awful. And then '86 against Hamilton. Hamilton beat him by. 35 points. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. So, and he I mean, yeah. The 87 great cup, and, and he, he got didn't knocked finish out. the game. He got, he got knocked out and injured. And at the time he was injured, I think they were down by 14 points. So yeah, he wasn't then, doing yeah, anything then, in that game yeah. either. Yeah, Damon Allen won that great cup. Yes, he did. Yeah, like, when that was that. that Toronto cost himself by knocking him out of the game. They would have won that game. Danny, Danny Barrett would have had a great cup ring. Yep, it didn't he, happen. He was no. Yep, interesting. All right, so we'll move on uh, now to the uh, next segment. Uh, we're running low until you got about seven minutes left. Uh, okay. CFL named their all-star team this today. The uh, overall CFL R team team in Calgary Stampeders of all teams led the way with eight all-star selections. Just, just <laughs> dig that knife in deeper, Charles. Okay, yeah. Just dig, it, just dig it deeper, baby. Yeah, they didn't go far yeah. in the playoffs, but hey, they got a lot of all stars. So we got Zach Lara. So, so just a just a little just a little tidbit that I heard today from somebody that's a very reliable source, and you guys aren't going to be surprised to hear this. The Western semifinal, they had a game plan, and apparently a certain head coach for a certain team, according to some of his players, ignored the complete game plan and did whatever he wanted to do. Well, I'm not surprised because that's pretty much what it looked like. <laughs> yep. Yes, I don't know what they were doing in that game. I still, some of the no things idea. they did in that game just, just completely no boggled my mind. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, all star Winnipeg, yeah. Winnipeg, Winnipeg showed you that you can run against BC, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and Calgary. They just the didn't leading do it, so. leading running back in the uh, CFL, Kadeem Carey, and I think they gave him the ball eight times. Yes, indeedy. I'm just, I'm just gonna. Ignore that I've been saying for years that Dave Dickinson always thinks pass first. Yeah, so stupidity. Yep. I think he, he I think he tries to out trick himself. And it doesn't yep. work. Yep. Anyway. All right. CFL yeah, all star complaining about them. Selections. <laughs> yep. What? Okay. All right. So on offense you got Zach Kalaris' quarterback, running back, Kadeem Carey. Hmm, maybe they should give him the ball. 
Receivers, Dalton Schoen, Eugene Lewis, Dominic Rhines, Tim White from Hamilton, Curly Gittins Jr. at Toronto. On the offensive line, Sean McEwen, Brandon Revenberg, Patrick Newfeld, Stanley Bryant, and Derek Dennis on the offensive line. So that's their offense. On defense, two more Stampeders up front, Sean Lemon and Mike Rose, along with Lorenzo Malden from Ottawa, and Jake uh, Serezna from Edmonton. How does Edmonton get anybody on the on the all-star <laughs> team? Are you kidding? Linebackers, Winton McManus, Cameron Judge, and Cameron Kelly from Hamilton. Cameron Kelly from Hamilton makes it, and Adam Big Hill doesn't. Huh. Jamal Peters, <laughs> Gary Peters, Marcus Sale, neither, neither does, Dietrich Nichols, sorry, neither does and Lucia Tierpart. Neither does Jameer. Neither does Jameer Thurman from Calgary, which I think he should have made it as well. Who's picking so. this one? Kicker Renee Paradis no. from Calgary. I'm sorry, that's the that the Renee Paradis from Calgary is the kicker. That's a reputation pick. The kicker should have been Sean White. Punter Cody Grace and Janarian Grant as the special teams return guy. That makes sense because he was probably the best guy there. Any glaring omissions other than the smart-ass ones I've been throwing out while reading it? No, I agree. Big Hill probably should have been there, but, I mean, I guess they want to – it sounds like they want to spread it around. It sounds like they want to give every team a few players just so they have something to market. I guess so, but – yeah, but uh, I guess so. That makes sense. But, uh, yeah, Paradis. Uh, did it say the break that I know they had Stampeders led with eight selections. The Bombers had six. BC had four. It's weird. Almost the entire secondary. Three out of the five secondary was from BC. Uh, Edmonton, Ottawa, and Montreal all got one. Oh, but you know what? Saskatchewan completely left off the board. They were the only team not to put a uh, player are on you, the you, uh, All-Star wait, team. Are you telling Who else me, would you put on there? You're telling me Cody Fajardo didn't make it? No, no. Maybe he was the runner-up or Holy something. Holy shit. Maybe. <laughs> Cody Fajardo didn't make it. No. Hmm. Shocker from the... Uh... All right. So Maybe. in through there. I'm just trying to pull up the uh, the screen here because I think we're almost out of time here, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, look at that. A minute 40, minute 40 left. Yep. So, Maybe we'll do this uh, next I week. I, the, uh... I, yeah, I had one more thing on the agenda. It was, it was a, just a Nathan Rourke story about him working out in the NFL. We talked a little bit about that when we were doing the BC Lions review. So we kind of covered that already. So that's the thing, Rudy, you'll know that there are times where we don't always get to all of the agenda ones. Yeah. I just put them no. on there. So we have yeah. something to talk about, but sometimes we run out especially, of time. Especially since, since I'm going to wander into Winnipeg things with Rudy in the next show, right? <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to wander on and on and on and on yep. and on <laughs> and on and on. Yep. We can discuss the ballet. So, yep. All right, so this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode 511. It's Grey Cup week. In fact, I've already seen some pictures. The Grey Cup Festival is underway. They had the big concert tonight with Colin James at the kickoff party. So uh, enjoy the Grey Cup this weekend. We're going to give everybody a chance to quickly say goodbye. Uh, Rudy, good job on your first show. Say goodnight. 
Thank you, and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Will, your turn to say good night. Good night, everybody. Watch the Great Cup this weekend. And, CJ, I'm really disappointed you weren't here tonight because I wanted to talk, man. Come on. And go, Toronto, go. (laughs) Well, hopefully CJ gets his technical difficulties fixed and we get it uh, uh, next week. Uh, Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the Great Cup.